This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Relax, this is Dope Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Before, and let's start. Well, I'll go before on. we get into it, look, I, I hate doing this because it's not a visual medium, but it needs to be commented again, on again. Mike, you were playing with something just below the screen as you introduced the show, and I, I felt it was disrespectful. Like, you counted us in as you or, always do, but I could see you fiddling with something, and, and you need to tell us what it was because were you, un, were you unwrapping a chocolate bar or something? I felt like you're about to unwrap something you've been saving until you're off camera. <laughs> he was making a cup of tea He has a tiny cup Like a cup that's too small for a cup of tea By the way Like even, You're not like the hugest man in the world That is, that like, is, like, that is like a giant's thimble That you are drinking There's no room in that cup of tea For the actual water Because the bag takes up the entire Inside of the cup That teacup is big enough to hold the teardrop Of one pixie That is how small that fucking cup is it's not a teacup. It's a fucking egg cup. Mike's confused the two, and he has a giant cup, a teacup full of four eggs. Uh, um, you're back home. How, how do you feel being back in the sweet silence of nature? It's pretty nice. Um, I was in the city for a couple of weeks, so that was okay. I didn't mind that. It was just a bit full on. Um, but it's nice to be, you know, back in the country. It's nice to be you know, surrounded by, you know, sensible people who apparently had a protest that COVID wasn't real the other day when we went up here. So I've missed that. Could have popped down to the COVID isn't real protest in town. Where was that? Whereabouts was that? I believe in Byron. There was a... I don't know, though. Was Chris Hensworth there? (laughs) Bernard Fanning was playing his guitar, his activist song. There's no COVID. (laughs) You've all been hoodwinked. Yeah, Bernard Fanning's like, I won't play the AFL Grand Final, but we will get Powderfinger back together for <laughs> to this play the COVID isn't real rally. What was the name of the rally? Did it have a, was there, you know, sometimes they have slogans. Is it just COVID isn't real or was it like, uh, um, co- I'll, I'll, co- I'll look it up. COVID spiracy? Oh, COVID dumb? Good. COVID draconian? It's all like Q, I think it's all like QAnon and stuff like you know it, it's that it's it's ha- these protests are happening all over Australia but uh, there was what there was a local one up here because you know there's a bunch of here we go let's have a look at uh uh what would be the most 5th of September is that when going to be when it was um yeah I guess that's yeah, probably that's like it so let's go week, to the Daily Telegraph the Daily Telegraph is the the place where we'll get the most balanced look at what happened up here in Byron Bay. Sure. So let's have a look at this. This will be fun. Make sure you read the comments too. Always uh, insightful. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. I have to do a bit of logging in here because I'm on my Express VPN and it doesn't know who it is who's using this computer. And that'll make more sense at the halfway point of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Coronavirus New South Wales. Arrests 
finds at it did have a name for the protest, oh, Charlie. Okay, let You're me guess. Absolutely is it a, is right. It a, is it a pun to do with COVID? No, it's to do with uh, what was taken away from these people, according oh, to them. Freedom, the Freedom March, Freedom Day. Freedom it was bloody Freedom Day, mate. Fuck off. <laughs> we got a yeah, bloody Australia on. Day and Anzac Day and fucking Freedom Day because this is bloody Australia. Police faced off with hundreds of Freedom Day protesters across Sydney and Byron Bay on Saturday, which led to 14 people being arrested and 81 fined for COVID breaches. The rallies were endorsed by... So, Will, this was happening in Byron, so would you say there was breaches at the beaches? <laughs> Yeah, there were some COVID beaches. Oh, sorry, breaches. Oh, no, there was those as well, but we counted at least four or five beaches. Do you want to include those in the numbers? Uh, It was endorsed by somebody. Uh, In fact, fact, it was endorsed by two celebrities, Charlie. Pete Uh, Evans. Who were the two celebrities? Pete Evans? Yeah. and Anti-vax celebrity Pete Evans, as he's described here. And uh, is the other one a politician? No, sports person. Oh, oh, oh. Who's the... uh... Oh, Pat Cash. Is it Pat Cash? I saw Pat Cash trending this week and I assumed that's what it was. Pat Cash, yes, has read some QAnon posts. Um, Turns out that headband was on a little tight (laughs) over the years and now Pat's got some opinions about secret cabals and pedophile rings running the fucking world and COVID not being real. Just makes sense if you watch a couple of YouTube videos. Uh, (laughs) He is a sports person, uh, even more controversial than Pat Cash. Right. Uh, um, how, uh, what sport would that give it away? He's played two sports. I'll give you that. Oh, uh, Anthony Mundine. Controversial boxer and former NRL champion, Anthony Mundine. Yep. I think we should be taking all our cues from someone who's been repeatedly smashed in the head. Isn't it great? Like that meeting of minds too. <laughs> Pete Evans and Anthony Mundine. What a great... Uh, intersection of that Venn diagram that you never really imagined that those two would have so much in common. I sat opposite Pete Evans. I went to a Channel 7 function once at the launch yeah. of one of their My Kitchen Rules events and sat opposite him at a table. And we had quite a pleasant chat. I don't, this was years ago, maybe like seven years ago. And I do not remember, like, you know, sometimes it's like when you get in a cab or something and the conversation, there's just that red flag, that just that one comment that I don't re- recall. There was nothing about, you know, bone broth curing cancer or anything like that. I also knew uh, Pete Evans not very well, but like from, you know, being in on the radio station and a couple of times running into him at something and had always had incredibly pleasant interactions with him as a human being. Uh, They were all pre, you know, bone broth. The bone broth seems to have really had some other interesting side effects. That's what I would say. Even if the bone broth did cure your cancer, if you also had to believe that vaccinations were against you know, mm. the, the way of man and all these sort of things and COVID wasn't real to get the bone broth, broth to cure your cancer. It's a, it's a big terms and conditions to sign up to. I saw this uh, really fantastic documentary on, uh, I think it's Amazon. Um, do you know who James Randi is? The Amazing Randi? No. You'd probably know who he is. He was like, he was, he became like, he was like one of those celebrities in the 70s. Um, he's on like Happy Days and stuff. But basically... He was an escape artist who became like an illusionist, but then his sort of latter years, he became uh, like a really famous skeptic and he would go around and he was the guy who was debunking Uri Geller and, you know, Sylvia Brown and all these kind of like, when when psychics became huge stars in the 70s and 80s, 
he just went around and exposed all of them. Then he set up a like a foundation. It's like a paranormal foundation where there's a million dollar award for any person who can come in and prove, you know, if they if they sit in the controlled conditions and you know run a battery of tests, if they can prove their psychic abilities, they get a million dollars. And no one's ever attempted to claim that one million dollars. Um, so there's documentary. It's not even enough money anymore, though. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> well, like if I had the like psychic powers and shit, like I wouldn't sell. Like you'd make more money with your your spoon bending and your psychic powers than you would with the million dollars on offer. Well, it's funny you should say that because this it's an amazing documentary. I reckon you'd really like it. If you like the prestige, you'll like this because the whole film is about deception. It's just one, it's a really well-made documentary where they talk about this guy who mastered deception and then spent the rest of his life trying to expose deception. But then within that story, and I don't want to spoil it, but there are other deceptions. Like they, they totally analyze the whole concept of why we deceive ourselves and how we deceive each other. And is there such a good thing as good deception and all this kind of stuff? It's the documentary is called an honest liar. And there's this great montage in the middle when he's um, you might even remember, do you remember that clip from Don Lane where Don Lane, who was a huge Uri Geller fan had this guy on, he's got a gray beard and glasses and the guy was trying to show how Uri Geller did all his tricks of bending spoons and keys and stuff. I do remember that. And he that. couldn't, and, but the magician couldn't quite pull it off or something happened. And Don Lane said, you know, well, you know, you came here and you, and you slam Uri Geller and you can't even prove your, so you can piss off. So the guy, that is, that's James Randi. So this is who the documentary is about. So they had this great montage of him just going around and just like, it's so satisfying to watch him take down like evangelists and, uh, you know, fake psychics and stuff through really simple, like Sherlock Holmes, just using logic and reason and controlled tests and stuff. And uh, it gets to this one point where... Do you reckon Sherlock Holmes would be as respected if his last name was Sherlock Horney? Because <laughs> this is my problem with this guy. He does seem like he's a real cool guy, but the, the fact that his last name is Randy is really putting me off this right. entire story. I'm like, when does he start fucking these people? No, his name's James. He fucks the spoons, right? That's how he bends the spoons. <laughs> his name's James, but he's known as the Amazing Randy. Um, but he yeah. he does this... Again, he, sounds like a porn star. There's this great clip from... Um, so Johnny Carson, who is also like a mentalist and a, a pronounced skeptic, yeah. um, was good friends with uh, James Randi. And they, when Uri Geller was kind of like everywhere in the 70s, they had him on as a guest and Johnny Carson called James Randi and said, okay, we want to get him on to do his spoon bending and his key bending and stuff. Is there any advice you'd give us? And he's like, well, just don't let him bring in his own props. You have a prop steward who brings out all the forks and spoons and keys and stuff, but he never leaves their side. Don't let him swap them over or do any of that kind of stuff. And so they show the clip and it's Uri Geller for the first time ever he's on TV and he can't bend a spoon and it's obvious why because he doesn't have his pre-bent spoons or weakened spoons or anything like that and so they talk about well they thought that was the end of him because you know uh, he's been exposed there's irrefutable proof that he's a that he's a con artist but then a couple of years later um they set up another kind of stunt to show people how this stuff is done where they found two young anonymous guys in the midwest who could do also do spoon bending and stuff and so they took these guys to a university and got actual scientists to study these guys and, and put them through all these kind of tests and stuff. But these dudes were just so good at deception and manipulation that they fooled the scientists. And so <laughs> the scientists came out and were like, we think there's actual proof of psychic ability. It's really exciting for the field and blah, blah, blah. And then plus he sawed a lady in half and put her back together. <laughs> And then a dove flew out of his sleeve. This guy is amazing. 
but they do this thing so that this is this is like months and months of study and, they, and they're interviewing the the guys who are now one of them's a, still a professional magician called banachek you might have heard of him i think he does like vegas shows and stuff but they're sort of saying that they were running these battery of tests and they were getting more and more stringent and the, it was getting harder and harder to deceive them but it just sort of forced them to be you know improvise more and get more creative which just kind of it's sort of fed into this sort of like um like fervor where the scientists are getting more drawn in and excited and so anyway they have this big sort of publicity event where they're going to announce the their findings and james randy comes out and says well uh you know we'd like to get the boys on stage so how did you do it and they said well we cheated and like you just see the entire the entire room the ripple go across the room and the scientists who'd worked on it and then they're interviewing the guys now who you know teenagers then but they're grown men now and they were saying that they, at the time when they started doing it, they were like, this is a, a good mission. Like we need to go out and we need to expose charlatans and stuff. And they were taking on the, the, all these scientists like they're the enemy. But when it was exposed as being like this kind of hoax or this kind of um, this stunt, they said like the reaction from the scientists, like they were so heartbroken and it, it completely flipped their worldview and actually made one of the guys like drop out of doing any of that kind of stuff anymore because he didn't want the responsibility of taking away someone's belief or, or destabilizing them so badly and then the documentary goes on a bit longer and suddenly Uri Geller's back and he's more popular than ever and they interview Uri Geller now who still looks amazing so I think he's got some kind of psychic ability because he looks incredible same age he, he did 20 years ago but he's saying like they tried to take me down you know James Randi tried all the time you know they kept exposing me and stuff but here's the thing like every Hollywood film's about magic Everyone wants to believe in UFOs. Everyone wants Bigfoot. He's gone, if you hang two Picassos on the wall and one of them's a fake, but you don't tell someone that and they walk up, they just see two beautiful paintings. And does it matter that one of them's not real? And I was like, holy shit, Uri Geller is talking around to fucking being like He's an idiot. He's making a lot of sense, is Uri Geller. <laughs> what does he think about COVID? <laughs> Ask him about whether COVID's real or not. No, but the, the point being that the people want to believe and that's there's this great footage of um james randy on some talk show where the audience is they're going ballistic they're so angry at him and one guy is saying to him mr not so amazing randy you know the the key to any psychic phenomena is you have to believe in the psychic phenomena before you can understand it and james randy's like okay uh i'm not saying none of this occurs but that seems like a terrible way <laughs> to accept anything as being real no, it's great. That's it, that's like you should love Tofop before you start listening to our podcast. Say <laughs> <laughs> so you love Tofop. Are you relaxed? I just it, um, it, it's that just does something... sound amazing. So it's called the Amazing Randy, and it's on no, what, no, Amazon. Prime? It's called it's called the Honest Liar on Amazon Prime. Oh, the Honest Liar, yeah. and that's not even and that's I'm not I'm not even scratching the surface. There's a whole subplot in it that's amazing, but. I, I was saying, I was talking to Gemma about it today and it's like, I'm, I'm always fascinated by, and I think maybe it's because I was raised Catholic, but why people believe in that stuff. Like not that, I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm just saying I have never seen or heard of anything that makes me think any of that stuff is real. And I am always fascinated when I meet someone who on every other facet of their life seems completely like normal, but then they'll fervently believe in ghosts. And I'm just like, but when I try and press them on it, I, you, you never get like a, it's always the same thing. Like it feels like everyone's read from the same book of like, this is what ghosts look like and behave like. Like it's never unique. I, I know what you mean. So I, firstly, I absolutely know what you mean. But um, uh, astrology is one of those things, right? 
mm-hmm. like the idea of like star signs and you know you're born on this day and therefore you exhibit these sort of characteristics and you see some of it you do see people behave in ways that seem unique to that you know you go i know enough people who are gemini's who are you know this sort of characteristic or you know there's a all these people born at the same time who ended up doing the same job and i can see how people find enough evidence mm. to go no i'm going to believe that this is true well i'm a hypocrite because even though i say i'm a skeptic i don't believe in that stuff i still will pray like when i want something i will like talk to a dead relative or you know believe in some kind of like uh, connective uh, uh, um signs like you know you'll say well i you know, I saw a, a, the, a car went past that had the same kind of letters as what is the place I'm thinking of or blah, blah, blah. Whatever the connection is that your brain makes, that pattern you look for. And I think like, I, 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 part of me wants it to be real. Like part of me wants to find out that there's like a magical world under there that I just don't, haven't understood yet because I've been too kind of conservative in my thinking or whatever. But I feel like just give me a little bit of proof, just something that I can't explain because all the kind of eerie weird things that have ever happened to me, I feel like I can explain all of them. And even if, even if I can't, the last thing I want to go to is, oh, okay, it was a ghost. The first thing I want to go to is, well, you know, just say it's like, I, I saw a ghost. It's like, well, was I asleep? Do I have it? Did I have a concussion? Like, could there be something going on in my head, which is making me see things like, why isn't that always the, the first choice you go to? Why do people go to the other thing first? Well, here's what I, I would say is I think I would need so much evidence. And you, I think your brain is wired in different ways. Some people don't want much evidence at all and other people just need a lot of evidence. And the best example I can give you is when I did DMT. Because when I did DMT, I honestly felt like I experienced, you know, what time actually meant like I experienced what my own death might feel like and had a realistic, you know, grieving process with that and had some understanding of it. And I met these like alien creatures or woodland creatures who I spoke to in a language that was entirely foreign to the language we speak, but that I implicitly understood and was able to communicate with them. And I still, after that experience where some people just go, well, now I completely understand the universe on a different level. I was like, yeah, most likely, like I took a drug and the chemicals made my brain just like come up with weird images and I'm giving it like meaning that it doesn't actually have, like I could be presented, I think, with, I'd have to meet like a dozen aliens before I thought there was aliens. <laughs> I'm the same as you, like, but part of me thinks that maybe, like what what if there is a dimension that you've moved into? What if like it's just a perception thing, like the drug... Uh, you know, is able to kind of like make your senses uh, work in a way that allows you to sort of see through what we normally see uh, in the in, in this dimension. So, what if that is the case, right? And then you come back to that. How how does that change anything? Like knowing that world exists, where it has when it appears to have absolutely no influence on this world. Like there probably are woodland creatures in a you know, in a fifth dimension who are kind of observing you and giving you advice from time to time. But, you know, I want more than just advice. Like, I want practical help. <laughs> like, I want you to actually involve well, yourself. He, but here's what I would say is, I think it, what it explains is why we believe in these sort of things. My, my gut instinct is, and, you know, I'm not a scientist, 
you know, number one medical podcast on the market. We we don't deny that <laughs> down here at tofop.com. But uh, I I am not a scientist. I've never been a scientist. But I imagine that a lot of our belief in magic and religion and all these things came from people chewing on some fucking plant or like, you know, mm. like breathing in the fire that was coming from some sort of plant and having a whole bunch of thoughts and ideas and understandings of realities and perceptions that they didn't associate with the fact that it was because they just ate that plant. Mm. They thought, no, 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 there's alien life forms or there's, you know, woodland creatures or there's magicians or gnomes or whatever these things come through their mythologies that a lot of them probably came from just people randomly getting off their nut and not <laughs> knowing how to process it. But the things, the imagery you just used is, is stuff that people talk about when they trip like aliens, dragons, all this kind of stuff i'd be interested to know did the drug come first that created those images that then became part of the narrative or are we just responding to pop culture or things we've absorbed images you know centuries of artwork and stuff that makes us have these specific kind of hallucinations uh so when like ug the first guy who ever like you know ate a magic mushroom yeah. Like he was out in the field and he ate some mushrooms. Yeah, did and, he see uh, aliens magic or mushrooms. dragons, or was it more? Or did he just relative... see like caves? Yeah, like really big clubs, a, like a roller skating dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me continue this article. Okay. Uh, Mundine said he supported the anti-lockdown uh, movement. And COVID-19 was a sham. I support people coming together and standing up against injustice. It's a dictatorship, a tyrannical reign. COVID is just a symptom of what, Charlie? This is in Byron Bay. This isn't in Melbourne. What's tyrannical? Well, this is Anthony Anthony Mundine who, like, I imagine is speaking to both the Sydney and Byron Bay protests. Oh, right. So he's expressing kind of solidarity with what's happening down in Melbourne, right? Because I'm like... I mean, it's, restrictions are pretty light in New South Wales. It's not that bad. What is COVID a symptom of? That it, it, Mundine had some uh, hard science to lay down here. Okay. And he's it's like, a, COVID is just a symptom of? Um, gay marriage? Uh, you're kind of right. Think technology. Uh, uh, 5G. 5G radiation. It's a cover-up. Right. Okay. Yeah. Protesters pose for photos with Mundine. So I'm guessing he was at the Sydney rally, not the not the. Uh, so why is 4G? They're okay rally. to use their 4G phones. 4G fine. Yeah. No COVID fine. with 4G, but 5G. Oh, you fucking because the the particles vibrate and make you prone to something. I don't even know what the conspiracy is. Do you? Like, what is the no. 5G conspiracy? I know it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but what is it? Is it is it is it a um, causes cancer or is it? Makes you sterile. Well, I think that it causes whatever is convenient to your argument at the time. Seven men and two women were arrested in parks in Byron Bay, one of whom police will allege assaulted a senior constable. Um, Oh, here we go. Uh, You said uh, you wanted some posters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I only have one poster. Uh, This is all that they seem to have a picture of, is one person uh, with a poster, but uh, we can go with this poster. Yep. So, uh, it doesn't rhyme. It's not really a play on words. It's hard to give you clues here. Um, Okay, so she wants something to end. It's a woman, 
And she okay. wants something to end. And the madness? Uh, yeah. Uh, Tyranny? No. N- l- Too wordy. More literal uh, is what I would say. Lockdown? <laughs> End the lockdown. Okay, yes. Sorry. You, I was getting you a bit far too poetic. Too poetic. Tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> Take, here's what I'm going to say. Don't set your sights at tyranny. Okay. Lower your expectations a little. Might help you with your guesses. You so shall not inhibit to, my liberty, sir. She wants to end the lockdown to open yeah. something. She wants. To, what does she want to open? A boost juice. <laughs> end the lockdown. Open a boost juice. I just brought in the franchise. This timing's really annoying. Uh, it actually starts with a B. He <laughs> open our uh, bore, boring, uh, boring uh, retail stores. You were, you were so close. <laughs> you were halfway there. <laughs> Borders. Uh, yes, she wants to open a bookstore. Um, and then. <laughs> The last one is written over two lines, but I realise it's really probably one sentence. Okay. Um, so, uh, is it, does it rhyme? No. No. Um, what about? Um, it's a parody of a, a like maybe a, it's a, at best it's a parody of an old John Lennon. Uh, uh, imagine same? there's no. Uh, oh, imagine there's no COVID. <laughs> No, oh, so we're doing well, it right now. So, COVID hoax is over. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, so end the lockdown, open our borders. COVID hoax is over. Was the best that's of the signs from the rally. Imaginative, like generally at a protest, there's some witty ones. That's that's like if you if you were writing a ge- like a generic kind of action film like, like that Pepsi ad where it's like all the kind of Antifa remember that Pepsi ad with Kendall Jenner where she yep. hands a Pepsi that's like the kind of signs they hold up at that stop the thing we're, we're, we're against I mean it's it's one of those things where I guess people just believe ridiculous things but maybe they're based on well yeah something that they do that is right you know, they have some instinct that is right and then they extrapolate to a wrong place, but where they started wasn't a wrong place. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, and I, it's it's not like all conspiracies are fake. The thing is some conspiracies are real. You know, like people do do shady things, but uh, there is great comfort, I think, in believing that there is a great plan for everything, both positive positive. And negative. It's great to think that your dead ancestors are looking out for you and guiding you and, you know, comforting and waiting for you after you die. Um, it's also comforting to know that the reason why your life is shit is because there's a tower in the sky that is scrambling people's brains. You know what I mean? It takes away personal responsibility a little bit. That's comforting. Okay. The good news is I've gone on to the local uh, website, The Echo, which is a um, local paper from uh, up in the Byron Bay region. And so there yep. is more uh, photographs. Oh my God, of you people could become the-, the Andrew Bolt of Echo. Like you could become the anti Andrew Bolt. You should get your own column, and you just do like real hard left leaning kind of rants, calling everyone barbarians and stuff. You'd be great at it. Well, well, well. It seems that the people at the Murdoch Press. <laughs> yeah, I get to see you doing it. Yeah, we'll call it uh, Will Will Will, and I'll will, start every Will Will <laughs> Will Will Will. I thought. Uh, here we go. Um, okay, this is great. 
so this one's much more Byron Bay. So in this uh, photo I have here, there's at least two that we need to talk about that I can see. So um, firstly, there's a love heart. So somebody's drawn like a, a red love heart on a cardboard yeah. sign. And then so the, 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 the sign says something in relation to a heart or, you know, uh, love. Uh, oh, okay, so it's a positive message? Yeah. Um, love, not COVID. The power of love is greater than power of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That's the word. No. The power of love is greater than the power than than the the I don't know. The it's not (laughs) the power of love is is greater than. Uh, greater than hip to be square. Uh, everyone knows the that. The power <laughs> of love. The power, the power of love is easily of Huey love best song. Is greater than the love of um, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> power. I get it. All right. It's clever. Very clever. They inverted it at the end. Can I just say though, I'd love to go to a protest to see some, someone holding a sign saying the power of love is greater than hip to be square. Some guy walks up and says, that's not in dispute. Everyone knows The Power of Love is a better song. Well, I want to make this sign. You can't tell me not to, fascist. <laughs> Someone just if got anyone distracted. Who... They were listening to Smooth FM as they were putting their protest sign together and go, oh, fuck. I mean, I'm right, but this wasn't the point I was trying to make. Oh, that'd be a great prank to go to like an Antifa rally with all your signs, like just lyrics from Easy Listening, song, like Robert Palmer. Uh, 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 what's that guy? Um, Fergal Sharkey, remember him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a little break from the show to talk about our wonderful sponsor, ExpressVPN. I actually have an ExpressVPN now. I can speak about this. And here's the thing I think they sent us a code, but I unsuccessfully for about an hour tried to put in the code and try to make it work for free based on the one they sent us. And then eventually I just couldn't work that out. So I thought, you know what? This is actually going to be worth it anyway. I've been convinced by Charlie's ad reads for ExpressVPN. I'm going to go on and I'm actually just going to sign up myself and I'm going to enter the TOEFOP code so they make sure that they know that at least I used it through TOEFOP and I forgot to do that. And so for the layperson out there, Will, what does a VPN do? Well, I'm not still really sure, but here's what I've (laughs) experienced. It's so easy to set up. I will say this. It's amazingly easy to set up. Basically, you can just load it up onto your computer or whatever. That's what I've done. And so now when I log Mm. onto my computer, I use a VPN so that like, you know, all the things that I'm looking up online can't be monitored by special interests. And um, I also really put it on there because I wanted to watch Bill and Ted's. And uh, yeah. turns out I also needed an American credit card, which ExpressVPN did not provide <laughs> and will not provide. Credit cards not included. Uh, so <laughs> basically, look, if you want to watch something on a streaming service, just say you loved all these shows on Netflix, but certain shows are only available in certain countries. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock thousands of new shows and movies from streaming libraries all over the globe. You talk about Bill and Ted, Will. Like with ExpressVPN, you sort of travel through time and dimensions across streaming services. You can access any point of a streaming service and watch a show from that place. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's really fun. Plus, there's a little thing that just comes up on your computer and you can select which country. And that's that, I find that fun. I feel like yeah, every it, bit of money I've paid for my Express VPN was 100% worth it. And I have not even used most of the things it's for yet. <laughs> and when I say it's like Bill and Ted, I should point out that uh, it doesn't come with credit cards. It also doesn't come with a phone booth. I should just you know clarify that right now. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast. You can stream everything in HD quality with zero buffering. ExpressVPN is available on every device, phones, laptops, tablets, and even your TV. Now, Will, ExpressVPN works with many streaming services. So you've got like Netflix, you've got Amazon Prime, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and many, many more. And you can choose from over 100 countries. That's that's a lot of entertainment. Are you willing to take that on, Will? Can, can you handle the awesome power of ExpressVPN that they're handing to you like, uh, uh, like you, are a, a dumb, stumbling toddler of a man? They're giving you a, a shotgun of entertainment. Do you, can, do you think you better handle that kind of firepower? I don't think I need the entertainment now that I have my ExpressVPN and I can just pretend I'm in a hundred different countries. That's entertaining <laughs> enough. I'm like a kid who got a really good Christmas present and only wants to play with the box. Like the yeah, idea scrolling through. that I could sit in front of my like Apple TV saver where it just puts up different countries and like scenes from different countries. And then I could be on my computer and just flip to those different countries as if I was in that country. That's enough. I don't need entertainment anymore, Charlie. And as Will said before, it's really easy to use. Just fire up your ExpressVPN app, change your, loco your location, you hit connect and then refresh your page to the show or movie you want to watch and it will magically appear well i don't think it's magic will because i'm a man of science i believe it will scientifically appear i don't know how i think it's magic but no i like to believe that down at the express vpn office there's a whole bunch of wizards <laughs> so if you use our link right now at expressvpn.com slash you can get an extra three months of express vpn for absolutely free that's expressvpn.com slash what i should have done three months for free idiot shit <laughs> um, mr berg right. There's a brown... Uh, Yacht so, Rock, I believe the genre is called, Will. Yacht Rock. So there's like a brown cardboard, like a bit of recycled cardboard that's been fashioned into a sign. And uh. so... There's a, so so many things that I need to... Uh, so Do I don't even know when... I, I honestly don't even know when to start. Do a is, screen is, grab and drop it into the message window. Okay, hang on. No, I, I, I want to. I will, but I want. I want you to have a few guesses first. So, okay. All right. Sure. They want to mandate something. So it's only two words. It's got okay. a little illustration underneath, but I can't tell you that because that will give it away a little. Okay. Um, mandate. So they want to mandate something. Um, they want to mandate reach arounds. It is not mandating reach arounds. No. <laughs> it is something uh, you consume. How about that? Okay. Mandate. Um, mandate. What does mandate mean? I mean, I think I know what it means. Mandate means bring into law, make into law, mandate or Yeah, make compulsory, enforce. I imagine. So what mandate means? Yeah. Make compulsory. Make compulsory something you consume. Make compulsory LSD, brother. That would be more... Well, the person who wrote this sign might have been on LSD, is what I am <laughs> going to say. Because there is a picture of some carrots and a head of broccoli. <laughs> And so it says mandate. Now, what I think... Ah, oh, veggies, vegetarian lifestyle. So I think they were trying to say mandate vegetables, 
But okay. instead what they've written, Charlie, and I'm going to see if I can put this in the in the little window there and you can Make see it. Make vegetables compulsory? Make vegetables compulsory. I don't even know really what that means. Like what is your... Like if you're making vegetables compulsory, what is it that you're actually doing? Like, so it's compulsory to eat them. How do you even prove that people are okay? So Not tell me what is wrong with this sign. Can you see it? Has it come through? Not yet. Okay. Well, when you, it comes through, is it still sending. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Got it. Okay. Mandate vegetables, and I think he's misspelled vegetables. He has. <laughs> It's actually mandate. Oh, no, you've got it wrong. It's French, Will. It's mandate veggie to bless. <laughs> veggie to bless. Uh, that's a, uh, they're a French new wave band. I could see why you thought that was broccoli and a carrot. That's actually uh, the orange leggings of the lead singer, Fleur de Bleu. And uh, that stick of broccoli is actually uh, <laughs> her songwriting partner and the band's drummer, uh, Jacques Propoupoufte. <laughs> Uh, so mandate vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the only edibles that guy <laughs> is really into is not vegetables. It's magic mushrooms. Um, right. So this is this is <laughs> this is exactly what a, I, I thought a, a protest like this would look like. Right. I mean, what are you doing, you people? After the apocalypse, like when all the waters run out and people are fighting over scraps, those people here are going to look like those people from the start of Fury Road. You know the ones when, when uh, uh, Morton Joe lets the water out, they rush over to the, the canyon with their dirty buckets? That's these people. Morton Joe is Pete Evans. <laughs> Morton Pete. So uh, here's another sign. Uh, little guess. So this is great. So the first, the setup of each of these sentences is in black and then written in mm. red comes the word that I'm going to want you to fill in. So it's it's go. already written into the sign, the, the vibe of what we're going for here. Our air is what? Um, poisoned? Oh, okay. Keep that in mind for a little later okay. in the sign. Okay, our okay. air is what? Think our air is Britney Spears. Our air is, our air is life? Oh, Britney Spears. Our air yeah. is... Our air is uh, one more time. Our air is. Um, I did it again. Our air is. Um, why? That's the only two Britney Spears. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Our air is. Um, who is that loser she was married to? Um, uh, our air is. I don't know. Tell me. Toxic. Oh, fuck, of course. Our air is toxic. Yep. Our food is. Poisonous. Poisoned. Poisoned. Our water is. But not our vegetables. <laughs> vegetables. Uh, Mandate vegetables. <laughs> uh, sorry, what's the last bit? Our water is. Um, okay, so toxic, poisoned. Our water is. Um, surprisingly okay. <laughs> it's a real, takes a real turn. It's like, oh, wow, well, things aren't all that bad. Our air is toxic. Our food is poison. Our water is surprisingly okay. And a great temperature <laughs> to swim in in the middle of winter. And there's actually like a natural spring, so it's kind of uh, aerated. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Some tea tree uh, lakes that I highly recommend you go to. The healing properties of tea tree are 
<laughs> Scientifically how is, proved. How big is this protest site? <laughs> <laughs> our air is toxic. Our food is poisoned. Our water is... Um, oh, I don't know. Toxic poison. What else? Uh, what other uh, adjectives would you say about... Is it in the same vein of like poison, toxic? Uh, our water is deadly. You are in absolutely. It's just somebody going through a thesaurus looking for different words to put in on the end. So mm. it starts with a C. Um, our, our water is ch- chilled. <laughs> Surprisingly <laughs> pleasant on the lips. Our air is toxic. Our food is poison. Our water is chilled. <laughs> <laughs> Our water is classically filtered uh, through three platinum filters. It's amazing. Uh, our air is what? Our water is what? Contaminated. Cum filled. Cum filled. Cum filled. Our air is toxic. Our food is poisoned. And our water is filled with juice. <laughs> like it's 92% semen. We don't know how we don't know how it's going. All we know is the stream is upriver from the Hemsworths. All we know is the ocean is saltier than the tap water. Um, uh, our, our water is contaminated. Our governments are uh, um, corrupt. Uh, it starts with a C. Can'ts. <laughs> This is when I get fired from the sign mating making committee. Charlie, we're just we can't take any more of your suggestions. Wait, wait, no, this next one's gonna be great. They do it the a government... really weird way where they give every we go, we know it needs to start with a C. Now spitball ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I've already done the C. The government are corrupt, the government are yeah. crooked. Oh, you're so you're so close, but not there. Crook. Uh, uh cri- criminals, criminals. Criminals. Cr- Our government cr- are criminals. criminals. And then yeah. t- two words to finish. This is... Tofop. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've still got a sound pad. <laughs> uh, uh, this is... This is... Uh, this is... Um, and you said two words. This is... Yeah. Not cool. <laughs> like the most passive-aggressive, weak-ass response. Our air is uh, toxic, our food is poison, <laughs> our water is contaminated, our government are criminals. This is not cool. <laughs> you really wussed out on the end there, didn't you? You're absolutely... You've got both the uh, first init- the first letter of the first word and the second word correct. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is n- now... This is, this is nearly, this is naughty. This is, uh, this is near. This is, this is no. This is, this is is no. no. This is no, this is no crap. (laughs) This is no, this is no, this is no cooling off period. This is no, (laughs) this is no, I want to, I mean, what would I say? It's like a water's poisoned. A fucking head. This is, this is no, this is no crocodile Dundee. I tell you what, I'm not laughing. <laughs> this is no Coolio because it's definitely a gangster's paradise, and the criminals are the gangsters of the bloody politicians. 
This is no. Uh, oh fuck! This is no. This is no. What will? What's your <laughs> best? What's your best theory to what it might be? This is no. This is no. This is. This is no. Think. I don't know, um, man. Like think, Mark Mitchell. This is no company. Comedy <laughs> of comedy. This is no comedy. This is no comedy. No, think no. Mark Mitchell specifically. Oh, this is no con. Spiracy. <laughs> This is no con. In fact, there's more than a couple of days of corruption with these guys. <laughs> I didn't uh, vaccinate Tula, Vula. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Uh, good stuff. Hey, um, uh, should we get to some mail, Will? Yes. We only had one letter this week. The mailbag's slowed down. We're working, we've plowed through all our correspondence. I think... It's because so many people are signing up to our Patreon page and sending us messages via there because we've got close to 100 unread messages okay. on our Patreon. Um, and so if you want to support us, that is the best way to do it. You can go to patreon.com forward slash TOEFOP and you can check out. We do bonus podcasts every couple of weeks. We have lots of behind the scenes photos. We have our comic strips, Quantum Cop and Everyone Relax. There's heaps of great bonus content there as well. You can also go to TOEFOP.com. If you want to send us a letter, just the normal way, you go to tofop.com. There's a uh, little uh, contact form down the bottom. And you also might well be interested in signing up to our mailing list every Friday. There's a newsletter that comes out, Just the Facts, which keeps you up to date on everything that's happening on Tofop, including Willosophy, Two Guys, One Cup, and When Fofop is on the air. But Will, it's time to get to a letter. Are you ready for this? I, I, I'm ready. <laughs> you sound emotional. <laughs> uh, this is from Tim. You Okay got some hypotheticals for us it's been a while since we've done this he says i love the show guys it's my second time writing in the first time when charlie read out my name was almost the best day of my life and i'm married with two kids (laughs) here are some hypothetical questions for you one million dollars every year no oh yes one million one million dollars every year but every hour on the hour your shoelaces come undone and you're not allowed to wear slip-ons uh would you take that will 100%. 100%. 100%. My shoelaces are undone most of the fucking time anyway. I am absolutely every, fine with this. Every investment, bet or gamble you make pays off, but every time you lose 3% of your hair, never bit to be regained. Mm. Um, why don't gamble? I have some investments, so it's not going to be a huge issue for me. So I'd, I'd be okay with that because I reckon my investments are pretty modest anyway. So, well, but then if I start making better investments, am I going to get greedy right. and lose all my hair? This is the three. This is the three percent. But what hasn't been stipulated in these conditions is it only says three percent. It doesn't say three percent of the surface of your hair. So what I would say is you could negotiate that it's just three percent off the ends of your hair, in uh, which case you nice. can just grow back more hair. So all you have to do is like keep growing your hair enough between investments and bets that you have enough hair to spare when it comes to it for each of the investments to pay off. Yeah, and if you can choose where you lose the hair from, you can just sort of mm. keep that shit combed over right. for years. You'll be fine. Mate, um, I haven't even got to my head. Most of this has been off my groin. And I'm a billionaire. <laughs> just off pubes. <laughs> Look at my hairless balls and my gold house. No, no, thank you. No, I don't want to do that. Every traffic light you get to turns green at the perfect time for you to continue through. But... 
mm. every time you get the feeling like you need to sneeze but never can. Um, no. I'm okay with red lights. Gives me time to think. Gives me yeah, time to fucking fine. text and uh, be on fucking TikTok. What's up? It's your boy Charlie at the lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy Charlie. <laughs> I don't have TikTok. I never do that. Um, what about $10 million but for every traffic like the rest of your life is red. Oh yeah, so you get ten million, but you never get a green light again. That would be frustrating. Why? Yeah, ten million, and I'll just move somewhere where there's no fucking traffic lights. Easy, done. I don't go through a lot of traffic lights anyway. Yeah, right. So you take it. Boom. It's not a big part of my life. Traffic lights. I'm absolutely fine with that. Ten million dollars, but every dollar you spend equals one hiccup. I.e., you spend a thousand, a thousand hiccups. Fuck that. No way. I hate hiccuping. Nah. Not taking that one. You can shove that one. In your bum, Tim. But thank you for writing in. Because we're so short on letters, Will, I put a call out on Twitter. At at TOEFOP on Twitter. And asked people to send some questions in. So we've got some here. Some quick questions. We'll call this Twitter... Twitter... Twitter questions. (laughs) Okay. Suddenly those those people who came up with those signs are like, oh, that's a level of improvisational (laughs) genius we're working with. Twitter letters. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you guys were talking about Jeremy Renner in Avengers being a bit meh. I watched The Mummy the other night and I pitch a late 90s Brendan Fraser as Hawkeye. Thoughts? Sure. Okay. I don't mind that. What about, what about you? I don't have any thoughts on Hawkeye really at all. I want to be interested in Hawkeye in a way that I'm not... Re- I, I read a couple of good Hawkeye books, comic books. Yeah, but he's but- always partnered with someone... More interesting, isn't he? Like, what, what have you read? Like, good solo Hawkeye books? Yeah, there was one a few years ago that was kind of coolish, but maybe we're going to get to the point where you can just sub in whatever actor you want. There'll probably be some fucking oh, yeah. app. Like, we'll get the Snyder cut, and then you'll be able to watch like Avengers, but Jeremy Renner as Brendan Fraser, and like you know, you can mm. swap out. There'll be Deep fake it. There'll be. Cast members you can swap out and some who have written into their contract that you can't swap them out. It's always got to be Robert Downey Jr., for example. That's a great idea, though. Like, because people always talk about dream casting. Oh, what if Tom Selleck had actually played Indiana Jones and stuff? Or, you know, Nick Nolte is Superman. That'd be quite cool. You could do like a whole deep fake. What if that technology came up and you could just do whatever you wanted, like a video game? You could just basically play whatever characters you want. Make your perfect film. I mean, that probably will. So could you just like, all right, so you're redoing When Harry Met Sally. Just yep. for the sake of it being an iconic movie that's kind of just a mostly a two-hander. Who are your kind of lead characters in your remake, your perfect remake fake. of When Harry Met Sally? Um, Pamela Anderson mm. as uh, Sally and Liam Neeson as Harry. <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever faked it with me. <laughs> the Rock as Harry and... <laughs> Jason Statham as the <laughs> Sally character. Did Did you guys watch Cobra Kai? If so, what did you think? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I've had a lot of people say to me um, that Tofop will love it because it's like an episode of Tofop. It's a gritty reboot where they flip expectations on its head. So I'm looking forward to get, catching up with it. It's one of those Gatesy and I. Gatesy and I watched a couple of episodes of it when it was on what, YouTube, what'd you think? and I really liked it. And then I didn't have YouTube and so I didn't watch the rest of it. And I noticed it's now on Netflix and I'm waiting for an opportunity because Amy does not want to watch it. So that's my, that's um, my dilemma as well. We're com- yeah. currently watching things together. We have limited TV time. And so it's always uh, has to be by consensus. 
What's a bad movie with potential that should be remade rather than good movies being remade worse? Bad movie with potential. Um, I think, well, and I suppose it was a good movie. Um, I'm going to have to think about it. You got any? any well, well the, the immediate one that comes to mind, and it's obviously just because it was recent, is that Richard Curtis movie about the, the yesterday. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That to me was one of those movies where I was just like, this is a great potential movie. This has just not been made to its fullest potential. I could see somebody doing a better version of yesterday. In honor of the new Bill and Ted movie, what would the two of you That's do? what Christopher Nolan should do now. Like, what else, what else has he got to prove? Christopher Nolan should go, I'm now going to go back and remake other movies better than they sh- how they should have been. That's well, my new the, thing that I'm doing. Didn't Gus Van Sant do that with Psycho? Like a shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho? Yeah, but not a shot-for-shot. Shot. He's just I like just going around version. going, I could make these movies better than you did. In honor of the new Bill and Ted, what would the two of you do if someone from the future told you both that Tofop would bring about world peace, but you both needed to figure out what was missing to make that happen? Um... All right. Um, how would I feel about that? Uh, What's the evidence? Because we've both we've both immediately like we've already said in this this podcast that we'd both need a fair amount of evidence. So how much evidence would we need from someone? Like if someone just came up to me and said, "I'm from the future." Mm. No, we'll we'll put it in the Bill and Ted context that you and I are hanging out at the front of Seven Eleven. We've got a couple of Slurpees, a Circle K, but we don't have those in Australia. We've got Seven Elevens. Phone booth drops from the sky. Dave Grohl steps out, but it's not Dave Grohl. It's like, you know, Rufus Grohl. He comes out and he's like, hey, dudes, um, uh, you do an episode of Tofop that unites the world in laughter. Um, and we, okay, so that happened to us when we first met. So 20 years ago, that happened to us. And so you and I have been doing Tofop for half the amount of time, like 10 years. We're like, okay, now we're at episode 309 or whatever it is. And we haven't, in fact, the world seems more divided and we still haven't done the episode. So we... The world certainly seems worse uh, than where we started this podcast. Yeah. So maybe it's our fault. Maybe we are yet to record the episode that brings the world together. I mean, Um, would that put pressure on? Would we suddenly feel like every time we'll be like, maybe this is the one? The easiest way for me to do this show is to forget there's an audience. Like when I'm most enjoying this is when... I sort of forget that this is actually going anywhere. When I feel like it's just you and I talking, that's when it's easier for me. But to then include the idea that what we're talking about is going to bring about world peace, that immediately has me out of my head and I think would lead to just terrible podcasts. So I would I would I, I would think that for us to record that episode you'd have to give me some kind of brain injury. Okay. <laughs> affects my what if it what if it memory. isn't anything in particular, but Bill and Ted style, the philosophies of this podcast have been seen to be... Because that's the appeal of Bill and Ted, right? That they have Mm. a simple way of looking at the world, but it turns out that that sort of simplicity is actually what we're looking for. You know, just be excellent to each other, you know, and party on dudes, right? Like, we have that. Cool things for cool people. Right. It's everyone relax and cool things for cool people. Like, everyone gets together post-COVID and climate change and everything that's happening, and they go, you know what? Everyone's pretty tense. What if we just say to everyone, everyone relax? And then... What do, how do we want to build our society? Well, we want to build cool things for cool people, which actually is not a bad way to build a society. Basically, what you're saying is just be cool and we're going to build something that is cool for you guys. But the only thing that you need to do is 
be cool. Don't don't fuck it up for everybody. That's actually pretty good advice to give the world. Just don't fuck it up for everybody. Yeah, there you go. That's what we'd do. That's a missing yeah. element from our show. It was this episode. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, Neil uh, writes in, what's the first place you guys wanted to, want to travel to, whether it be AFL game, a holiday abroad, a certain cafe, etc., when the world gets back to some form of normality? Where would you go together and individually? <laughs> I don't know. There's nowhere at the top of my head. I'm like, well, Will and I can't wait to go. Or maybe the footy. I guess I'd like to go to the football with you. That would be good. We, do, we used to do that a lot. Uh, so both of our football teams are in, still in contention for the finals. And we live in a state where there is a possibility that you'd be able to travel over the border to go and watch your team play in the finals, right? Which mm. seems quite you know, bizarre in the world that we're living in that that's in the next month, that is a possibility. Now I can't do that. Like my club reached out and said, if we do make it, I know you live nearby to where it is. And if you can cross the border, we'd be happy to have you there. I can't do that because I've got work responsibilities and, you know, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm well so that a whole bunch of people who rely on me don't lose their jobs. So I'd have to say no, but that idea that we could go and like say both our teams made the grand final in the AFL, mm. it it would be very disappointing to not for the two of us not to go and experience that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd also like to go to Gumbaya Park and ride one of the uh, dry toboggans. Have you ever been to Gumbaya Park? Fucking oath, mate. How many Gumbaya times? Gumbaya Park you go to... is a place to be. Gumbaya pockets for the family. It's where the city meets the country, Gumbaya Park. Uh, we always knew we were about halfway to the big smoke once we drove past Gumbaya Park. That was like, you know, as a kid, that was... And I went to Gumbaya Park several times and whoever did the ad for Gumbaya Park did a great job of making it look much more fun than going to Gumbaya Park was. Yeah, it was pretty dire. Um, Art Deco 20 writes in, well, writes in, writes on Twitter. Have you guys ever tried to recreate old family photos? Same location, same people in the frame, but now as adults. No, but it's funny you should bring that up because I'm doing regular Skype meetings with my family and I love my family, but they are talking about doing something like this and I am against it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to pose a photo where we're all in the bathtub together naked and stuff. I just, I'm not, there's nine of us. It's not easy. It's not like we can all like just put on matching overalls and stand next to our BMXs. There's too many. And the age now, differences are too large. Well, I was going to say, because are these, is the idea of these photos that you recreate an actual childhood moment? Yeah. So there's too much, yeah. Like, of course you don't want to do it because you're going to be just demographically, <laughs> you're going to be the child, you're always going to be the baby in it yeah. because they can't age you up because then it doesn't work like your eldest yeah. siblings are going to, who are those old people? Are they the parents? No. Charlie just didn't want to be a baby. He demanded to be nine. And so now everybody else is disproportionately weird to be standing in front of these BMXs. Alistair says, uh, you, you tried to revive old technology with the TOEFOP facts. Any other technology you'd like to bring back, pages or telegrams? Um, I used to like my Walkman. There's something about a tape Walkman that I used to like. I used to like the sound of fast-forwarding and rewinding a tape. I miss that. Makes me feel nostalgic. I liked a telegram. I must admit, I've always been fond of the idea. It felt special, you know, your telegram, the idea that you went and paid for this. And it was like a puzzle. You know, you kind of had to work out the minimum amount of words that you could use to send this telegram. There was something I, I quite like. to. If I get $10 million for one of these 
proposals that the devil who wrote to us earlier in the episode has proposed to us because I said yes to at least three or four of them. If I enter into one of these contracts and I have $10 million, but I'm getting red lights everywhere I go, the idea that I only communicate with people through telegrams is immensely appealing to me. (laughs) CJ asks, Charlie, are you and Dave Anthony's followers going to fight it out or what? Um, I'm not sure if you saw uh, Will, but there was a beef that exploded on Twitter this week. Where what Dave happened? Ma- oh, Dave Didn't made say. an outrageous claim that his that followers sounds could- unlikely. What? What would he said? His followers Dave could Anthony. kick the ass of anyone el- anyone else's followers, and I told him to fuck off. And then he said, uh, "You know that they'll they'll bring it." And I was like, "Well, even if they win, my followers will have access to free healthcare, so <laughs> they'll recover much faster and be ready for round two." Well. Your followers will still be arguing with bloody insurance companies. Well, I think our initial followers, they kind of have the initial scrap, but our secret plan is once all the injured parties from the opposition go to the hospital, our secret fucking undercover doctors slit their fucking throats. How do you like that, dollop fans? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim says, hey, guys, not a question, just a thanks for the years of content. It seems like ages ago now, but last year I was studying over in Paris Lala and feeling quite homesick hearing about got the Gospers bushfire in Northwest Sydney coming less than a kilometer to many of my mates homes and not being able to do anything about it from the other side of the world was quite distressing. However, listening to Tofop, Two Guys One Cup and the Auntie Donna podcast and the little Dum Dum Club helped immensely. If anything, it helped me become convinced that every second Frenchman, what, come on, he doesn't finish it. Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> Was somehow related to Mark Lacrosse. Sorry, it was in my feed. It came about six posts later. Every fr- second Frenchman was somehow related to Mark Lacrosse. For what it's worth, I work in a factory that makes essential oils. And despite what any osteopath thinks, I'm not producing a medicinal product, so I'm not a doctor. Thanks again for some great memories, Tim. Good on you, Tim. Uh, this is from Alison. What is your go-to fancy cook-it-yourself meal? You're having a gathering. You need to plan, shop, cook, and serve a three-course meal to your guests. What will you make? Thanks for all the years of podcasts. It's always an exciting moment to see a new pod on the feed. I don't know if I go three-courser. Maybe a roast. I could do a pretty I don't think good. I've ever made a three-course meal. I mean, um, I will make like a main with sides and dessert. Yeah, I definitely like to bake, so I could make something with dessert and like some main. But if I was going to just entertain my friends, barbecue. Because um, it's just easy for vegetarians mm-hmm. and meat eaters to eat side by side and make a lot of cool barbecue things. I think that's a good communal meal or Mexican food. Like I make pretty, Amy makes great Mexican yeah. food and I can help make great Mexican food. And so I would say Mexican. Um, I don't know if this really sort of counts as a meal, but there's a dish that I like. If I'm if I if I'm asked to bring something to a dinner party or something, I make a delicious uh, Brussels sprout salad, a raw Brussels sprout salad, um, which uh, is pretty. Bloody tasty. Alison. No, that's not Alison. Uh, Jay, Jay on Twitter says, this is probably more suited to your footy pod, but now that we have evening AFL grand final confirmed, who is the first Australian musical artist you're calling for grand final entertainment to suit the occasion? Briggs. Get Briggs. He should do the AFL grand final. I don't know if he can get... Oh, he's in Melbourne, isn't he? Probably won't be able to get up there. No, they won't let him out of there. Um, if he is in Melbourne, I don't know where he is, but... Um uh, I would say it's got to be aggro. I mean, if you think <laughs> Queensland, I think aggro. And I just think this is a great... And and just doing stand-up. Like, just doing jokes. Maybe they're with Gil, 
Like, say you got Agro and Gil, or Agro and maybe Bruce. Who's your? Who would you pair with Agro on Grand Final day? Agro and Caro. So it's kind of like a take on footy, <laughs> footy classified. Agro and Jared, because no one would be able to tell the difference. It's like Jesus, like, Robbo. Robbo that's even Robbo, worse right? than normal tonight. Um, uh, Jeff says, "What's the go with the Telstra ads?" I wasn't advised to relax. I don't know. Is that I sometimes do voiceovers for Telstra? I don't know. Maybe they're playing again. Yeah. Um, what the hell? This is from Joel. What the hell do you do with one hundred? What the hell would you do with one hundred and one Dalmatians? Uh, shit. Collect, um, collect a lot of shit. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Do Do I have to keep them all? No, you can just do whatever you want with them. I'm, I'm going to make a bunch of uh, fur jackets, <laughs> like Cruella de Vil. I'm just going to make a bunch of really cool, high-fashion Dalmatian jackets. Firstly, I would tour a stand-up show about my 101 Dalmatians called Cruella de Will. It's a great <laughs> yes. pun. It's, it's an interesting angle. Uh, nobody else is doing material about having 101 Dalmatians. I think it'd be a really unique uh, thing for the market. But after that, I guess I would keep like maybe a dozen Dalmatians and then the rest I would like give to my friends and family and sell, I guess. some. And which ones would you make into coats? I would make none of them into coats. I would be an animal lover. Maybe I'd keep all 101. Like it would be a full-time job. You'd have to like make a lot of money just to That becomes your thing though. You become a 101 Dalmatian guy. Like do Dalmatians need to sleep inside? Because I've got a paddock. Like how many Dalmatians could you have in like a in a paddock? I've got two oh, horses easily. in the paddock. Could I have a hundred and one Dalmatians? A hundred percent. But then you'd have to feed them and stuff. That'll be expensive. <laughs> I'm going to talk you out of it, Will. Laura says, uh, if Topop was to be made in a movie, who would you cast? What would the plot be? Um, oh, like right now, who would you cast as us? I could see you being played by... Um, I, yeah, I, I'm looking at your face. Who could play Will? Oh, you know who could play you, and it's kind of on brand. And Amy loves him, Michael Rappaport. I could see Michael Rappaport playing you. There's a similar kind of like look to you guys. He physically, I think, is similar enough. You're a bit slimmer than him, but I think I'd like to see a Michael Rappaport. I'd like to see him hide that Brooklyn accent, try and do an Aussie accent, and play you. Who'd you cast as me? I mean, Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, <laughs> that works. Paul Rudd and Michael Rappaport. Paul Rudd, if we could get him. Jason Lee, if we couldn't get Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy from that TV show? Me. You're talking about me, Will. <laughs> the dude from Canal Row. If Tony Mockbell, this is from EDJ. If Tony, oh no, this is from E Devilman. If Tony Mockbell is released due to Lloyd X's malfeasance, could you see him touring a sportsman's night with David Michael and an yet unnamed AFL player? If so, who would this be? Dane Swan is too easy. Russell Robertson, maybe? It's a very specific question. I don't really know any about... I don't know who any of these people are, really. I haven't followed this story at all. But um, I'm going to say Jacko. He would do it. I think Jacko's good. Jacko, Mock Bell, and who was the other one they were going to put with them? Uh, so Dane Swan's too easy. David Michael? Who's that? Or is it David Michelle? I don't know if he's misspelt that, if it's meant to be David Michael. Okay. From Michelle's patisseries? Yep. Gangster Tony Mockbell, the dude from Michelle's t- Patisseries, and Jacko. Mark Jacko Jackson. This is, this is from at HKelly33. What movie or TV character do you think The Rock couldn't play or shouldn't portray? Um, Bruce Lee. I think it would be a mistake to cast him as Bruce Lee. Um, 
Greta Thunberg. Yeah, that seems wrong. It's wrong casting. Um, <laughs> uh, at Anna Rackleft writes into us, my dad has... Anna Rackleft. Left. My dad has buried electric lettuce as his legacy to my sister and left us a pirate map. Although now retired, I'm sure he's working his way through it. Plus, I don't smoke. Can we just read that first sentence again? Because it made little sense to me. My dad has buried electric lettuce as his legacy to my sister and I. Yep. Okay. And left us a pirate map. Although now retired, I'm sure he's working his way through it. Plus, I don't smoke. A laughing emoji. Two questions. What would Charlie bury for his daughter? And what would Will and would Will like to come treasure hunting? Um, okay. So what would I bury for my daughter? I don't know. Um a money tree. <laughs> no, but if you could something? leave something, like this is like, you a know, plant. dad's buried his electric lettuce. It will go off after a while. So dad's probably, there's not going to be much. Dad's made a pirate map to something that will be empty by the time that dad's gone is my uh, guess on what's happening there. But Oh, so dad didn't plant, I thought dad planted a plant of electric lettuce. No, he buried a stash of electric lettuce. I well, guess. that's what it sounds like to me that he has no, like. No, that's right. Treasure map makes sense. There's booty, right? Pirate's booty. And uh, uh, I can't, it's a sack of electric lettuce. I will be, I can't wait till uh, Iona's old enough to engage in all those kind of games. I'm going to love like creating, you know, pirate maps. And, you know, we, you may have seen online, we have this game now, which I'm instantly regretting where um, we were having dinner one night. She started waving her hand at me. So I started reacting as if she had telekinesis that she could control me with her mind. So I've posted one of these videos online and uh, it's now, I regret this game, Will, because every time she sees me, the first thing she does is she starts waving her hands around. And I am too committed a performer to let her down. So every time she looks at me and waves her hand, I have to like act as if I'm in her control. And it is exhausting. My yeah, but also so you're sore. convincing her she has superpowers. Her I brain know. is not... So she thinks she can actually control you. She's like, this is amazing. I'm just like... I'm, like it's fine at the moment, but it's, when she starts, like, you know, her first words are kill. <laughs> uh, Alex says, imagine you're at a time machine and Will traveled back uh, to be a rowdy teenager outside Charlie's windows. Um, okay. I think I would yell at him. I would I would have no hesitation at yelling. But you would never. I knew you as a young man and you weren't really like the yelly, knock bin down type. You were quite I was one. not a rowdy teenager. Jordan says, the only question I have is how you both, how are you both doing mentally? I know with COVID and a new baby, et cetera, all in the bins, there's been a lot going on. But as someone who broke down three years ago, I wonder how other men's minds are doing as we are meant to hide it. Either way, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I, I'm doing really well. Look, I'm very lucky. Um, you know, Jeremy and I have both had uh, work this year and we have had a very um, uncomplicated first year as parents. So we're very grateful and we're, you know, we've got friends and family around us and um, if people are struggling, you know, I think the important thing is just to reach out. Like it's important. Sometimes you feel like those problems aren't worth getting on the phone or, or, or speaking to someone, but it helps me. I know that. All my friends are very busy with their own lives, but I will not hesitate to uh, harass someone. For, that's what this podcast is essentially, keeping me sane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had some ups and downs. Like it's been a testing year, like being um, – you know, like a lot of people suddenly unemployed and not knowing when your your work's coming back and having to find different ways to earn a living and all those sort of things. So that's been, you know, testing. But, you know, I do feel incredibly grateful that I'm in a nice, comfortable place and, 
you know, that all those issues, as difficult as they are, have the possibility to be resolved in some way. It's just going to be, you know, a rough time now and a rough, rougher couple of years than I imagined. But like, there are a lot of people out there in the world who are going to have it uh, a lot rougher than I have it. So I am also incredibly grateful about that. I mean, the the only way to describe this situation we're all going through is mm. not cool. It's not. It's, it's not, cool. not cool. It's NC. Not cool. Uh, two more to go. Uh, straight, straight weird. Why doesn't anyone have normal handles on Twitter anymore? I can't even pronounce this. Straight weird, but it's W Y R. Straight wire. Straight weird. Straight weird. Straight weird. Anyway, Haley, Will, and Charlie, have you watched the boys yet? If so, would you care to give us your thoughts? If not, would you mind reading a review or summary and giving us your thoughts of the show's premise? Uh, I watched the first season. Loved it. Very much looking forward into getting to the second series. I just think it's uh, it's so well acted and so well written and I get a bit tired of kind of, hey, this is a fucking adult take on superheroes and stuff, but this feels like they actually have something to say. It's more than just satirizing superheroes. It's more like satirizing capitalism and the uh, the, uh, the, 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 the the fractured nature of, of society at the moment. I think it's great. But they also, uh, it's a story. Like I loved it too and I can't wait for the second season. But also, like, it works as a story as well. Like, the actual plot of the film is... I watched Kick-Ass the other night. I hadn't seen that for a long time. Mm. And I was put off a bit by the second one, I think. But that mm. original one's great. Like, I, I sat and watched that the other night and really enjoyed it. Yeah, very similar in tone. Our last question before we wrap up is from M. Quacks. Why are dogs' noses wet? Well, they're not always. My dog's nose is quite dry. In fact, I have to put balm yeah. on her nose because her nose is so dry. Um, there's a great rapper called Cardi Bark who's got a new song coming out called Wet Ass Nose <laughs> or W-A-N for short. It's very controversial. Wouldn't it be wet nose pussy? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Make your own choices. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you